uh, Jersey and Delaware and so on, and, and if I'm not mistaken, but we got the chance to play a, a version of Goodnight Irene, which is a, a folk song that I used to like. <laughs> but I, And you, you like to talk about the weather, so I knew that we were going to be all right, and we have been the whole time, and you've, you've done a fine job, and I know from things that I observed that you've added some things, and, and uh, uh, to help us understand in the media what what's going on, so that we can pass it on to to our listeners, and it makes places like WPTF a good good place to tune into to find out what the weather is going to be. Um, when I called you uh, to for our pre pre game uh, discussion tonight. Uh, uh, you said, well, the, the weather's just about settled down, so do you mind, since we've got the horse's mouth here, so to speak, to talking about what happened, what has been happening weather-wise in North Carolina today, and with the, I think we're back to that standard thing uh, in this, in, that I have as a native North Carolinian known about all along, is we have, it's kind of warm and humid, and we, we have the chance of late afternoon thunder showers. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, Tom, that sounds right. You know, when uh, when you go outside in the morning and you feel that humidity, and it kind of just hits you like a brick wall, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like classic summer, you know, high temperatures in the upper 80s, lower 90s, lots of humidity, and, you know, the weather pattern is uh, the persistent pattern we're in right now is uh, very summer-like. Um, so, uh, so yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what's unique about uh, tonight's show is I'm actually um, – at the National Weather Service right now on shift, so I'm, I've got uh, a whole bunch of computer screens in front of me and tracking. Uh, fortunately, the storms have died down, so uh, so I've got the time and uh, uh, you know to to to, uh, to definitely spend the next uh, hour or so with you. But uh, but but normally uh, normally you know when we have our conversation, I'm usually off duty or, or you know uh, at home or or uh, back when we were at the studio. But uh, tonight I'm actually at the National Weather Service. We're tracking. Uh, you know some leftover rain showers, um, but but these these showers and storms we had today were all part of you know just a very very typical summer pattern. You know we have a, a high pressure a, a mid mid level ridge as we call it high pressure area of high pressure, and at the surface the Bermuda high that basically extends you know it's centered right over or near our vicinity of you know in the western Atlantic and generally in vicinity give or take a couple hundred miles centered over. Uh, Bermuda, and and at that latitude. Sure, strangely enough, it's been, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no worries, no worries. But uh, but that high stretches uh, oftentimes uh, during the summer stretches uh, west and east, and the westward extent of it stretches across the uh, eastern, uh, well, t- typically the the mid Atlantic and southeast part of of the eastern U.S. And uh, whenever that happens. You know, we get into a southerly or southwesterly flow, which is typical uh, in, a, in an average summer day. And uh, the Piedmont trough sets up, which, uh, you know, there's oftentimes, you know, uh, a, a great deal of heating in the middle of the state. And uh, you get a little bit of a westerly flow over the um, uh, over the mountains. And that sets up uh, what we call a lee trough, a low pressure that sets up uh, downwind of mountains. And, and uh, oftentimes serves as a focus of shower and thunderstorm activity and uh, you know, we have other focuses for shower and thunderstorm activity, the sea breeze to our east. And, um, uh, you know, when, when all it takes is one storm to form, and then it sends out a cold rush of a rush of rain-cooled air, and that temperature difference triggers additional storms. So, you know, this is like a, a, a breeding ground for showers and thunderstorms when you have a warm, humid air mass in the summertime. 
And uh, today was no different. We had a line of showers and thunderstorms that uh, developed over the western Piedmont and moved uh, eastward. Now, fortunately, they died off by the time uh, they reached the Triangle, um, but uh, we had some really heavy downpours over the uh, parts of the Triad region. Uh, there were episodes of uh, flooding and flash flooding and trees down in parts of northern and northwestern Randolph County. Uh, there were water rescues uh, and, and cars that had to be pulled out of floodwaters um, in northwest Randolph County. And, you know, that's not unusual when these storms, these summertime storms, tap into that humid air. And, uh, you know, if they're slow moving, and today's storms were slow moving, not unusual in the summertime for thunderstorms to set up and park over one place and just dump and dump and dump and dump for an hour and a half. And uh, when it was all said and done, you know, when you get three inches of rain in an hour and a half, uh, there's going to be flooding. So uh, that's what folks uh, need to watch out for, you know, basically any time during the summertime when they get stalled thunderstorms over the area. In addition to that, lots of lightning. We had plenty of lightning today. So lots of typical summertime thunderstorm hazards. Now, the good news is uh, those storms have mostly died off. Uh, we've got a little bit of light rain left over. A lot of folks in the listening area probably uh, might look out the window or maybe they're driving and, you know, have their windshield wipers on with some light rain. But uh, even that should die off here in the next uh, hour or two and, and just leave us with a muggy, humid night overnight. So uh, that's what we've got set up, the typical weather patterns, summer weather patterns over us now. And uh, look for a repeat of that tomorrow. I was going to say, that's just about what we're going to have for I don't know if the foreseeable future is the right thing to say, but probably at least for the next five to seven days is what I'm guessing from what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, And we ended that thing that I despise. I don't despise it. That's not the right word. But it's 90 for a high and 70 for a low. And that uh, my my guests who grow plants tell me that 70 for a low at night is is stressful to plants because they need to cool off a little bit and, and they they are stressed by by the warm weather. And can I say one more thing and that is I would like to know this if I were listening and that is the, the weather center in Raleigh at the Centennial Campus serves an area to the really sort of to the almost all the way over to the Piedmont, the Forsyth County where Winston-Salem is is the western end of it and it comes over I don't know how far east you go. Do you go to I ninety five, or do you go all the way to to the coast? Yeah. So if you if you like, you know, North Carolina, obviously being a east to west oriented uh, state, that is longer east to west than it is north to south. If you cut the state up into thirds, like an eastern third, a western third, and a middle third, we pretty much cover the middle third of the state. Our office here in Raleigh, we 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 go out to the triad is our westward extent. Eastward extent is basically the I-95 corridor. Uh, the counties just east of I-95, uh, that's kind of our eastern boundary. Our northern boundary is essentially the North Carolina-Virginia border, and our southern, the southern boundary is uh, more or less the, uh, the South Carolina-North Carolina border. So, yeah, if you drew, you know, two lines, you know, to, to, to make the uh, across the state and, and carved out the middle of the state, that's, that's the area we cover. Nick Petro, our, our meteorologist from the National Weather Service, uh, with some information not only about the weather but about the, the forecasting people who do the weather and what area that they are looking at. Uh, if we have time tonight, we might we might journey past I-95 to the east because 
when when Nick came to Raleigh ten years ago, he uh, was not new to North Carolina. He had been, I'm pretty sure, uh, at uh, Morehead City and also at uh, near Jacksonville. It was at Newport, Nick, that you were at. Uh... Yeah, I started out my career in uh, in the Newport office, which uh, you know it was uh, oftentimes called the Morehead City office as well because it's right next to Morehead City. But uh, yeah, it covers that 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 office covered Eastern North Carolina, the Outer Banks, the coastal waters. And, so you and, know yeah, what her, it's a magnet for hurricane activity. I was going to say, you know what a hurricane looks like up close. And with that, we, before we we run completely into the last half of the program, we always have a good time when Nick is here. We're going to pause and take a break, and we're going to come back and talk some more about the weather on WPTF. And uh, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service is here, and as we have been on WPTF since way back, we're talking about the weather. Nick, uh, we're going to go a little short here because we went a little long on the first portion, but we were I thought we were in a good groove and talking about things that were important. So we were about uh, six and a half, seven minutes away from the half-hour news. Could we maybe entertain some of your speculations about the hurricane season? Elsa came cruising in here and sort of went by, but that that the the, the truth seems to be that the prediction that this was going to be an a uh, uh, an interesting season for hurricanes apparently is true because we're already up to letter E and we haven't even gotten to August yet. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, now the the good news is, well, first of all, Elsa gave us a, a nice uh, oh a nice you know sort of uh, soaking rain for the I ninety five corridor over to the uh, you know, the Triangle region down towards the Sandhills region, and we, we much needed that to relieve some of the drought. But, you know, it looks like that's going to be it for uh, tropical cyclone activity for at least a few weeks maybe. Um, you know, I was looking at some of the long, long, long-range models that, that uh, you know, show that try to simulate the weather for like 30 to 45 days into the future. And one thing I noticed was that it looks like the Pacific, the East Pacific may – uh, see an uptick in tropical cyclone activity, and whenever that happens, there's usually a downtick in, in Atlantic tropical cyclone activity. So maybe you know all the action will shift out to the Pacific in terms of you know hurricanes and, and leave us kind of alone, so to speak, for for a few weeks. But but that same model showed that come mid-August, uh, we're going to see the Cape Verde seasons uh, get going again. So um, so. I think we're I think we're set for probably a couple weeks. You know what what's uh, today the 14th of July. I think uh, we're set. You know through for you know maybe three weeks, almost four weeks of kind of quiet tropical cyclone activity. But wait till mid August. I bet you things are really going to ramp up pretty quick. And you know what? That wouldn't be unusual because uh, the peak of the season is in September, and, and, and that that ramp up of activity usually gets going in August, uh, mid August. So. Uh, so, so you know, if things really get going again, uh, come mid-August, that would be right on schedule. So what I really want people to take away is sort of the bottom line from what I just said is that it's not unusual to see, uh, you know, kind of a downturn in, in, you know, hurricane activity or tropical storm activity in July and early in the season. Don't think that, you know, we're off the hook. We have a long way to go before the hurricane season's over. And the, the peak of the season still ahead of us. Uh, but you know what? Now's the time. Take the time now 
when sort of things are briefly, and I'll underscore the word briefly, quieting down uh, in terms of activity in Atlantic. Take this opportunity now to prepare. You know, if you haven't already prepared ahead of ELSA, uh, you know, now you have, a, you have a second chance to, you know, check around your property, remove any dead trees or trees that are falling over, or developing your uh, evacuation plan if you live in a flood-prone area that has been told to evacuate for past storms. You know, these are all things you can do to get ready for the rest of the hurricane season, the peak of the season, which is still ahead of us. I have visions at this time of year that fit in with the schedule you described, and that is, I think it was 1991, it was certainly in that area, I had a guest on, a professor from NC State whose name was Robin Dorf. He was one of my favorite early guests that I had on, and he and I were talking uh, during the break, and the CBS News was on, he said, be quiet for a minute, Tom, and he was listening to the news, the CBS News, and what the guy on CBS was saying is that, that Andrew was making a mess out of Florida, and Robin had just bought some property down there, so he was really interested in, in what was going on near Homestead, you know, the Air Force Base that just about got wiped out. So always, that's my marker. Andrew, of course, was the letter A, and it came, I think, about April, August 21st or 23rd or something like that. And, uh, well, and, the whole uh, rest of that season was pretty quiet. So, you know, that's yeah. why, you know, when, when we talk about seasonal outlooks, I always, you know, remind folks that, you know, it only takes one. Because, yeah, if you remember back to Andrew, um, back in uh, 92, I believe, yeah, it, that, that was a overall, if you look at the number of tropical cyclones that season, it was, it was way below normal. I think there was only six or maybe seven tropical uh, cyclones that whole that whole season but you know the first one andrew devastated south florida so uh yeah it crossed florida and it since then it's, it was classed as four when it hit florida but i think they've updated it to five now and then it went across the gulf and hit i think it hit louisiana and mississippi so it yeah it, it counted it should all count as two hurricanes i guess but it <laughs> really really made a mess out of florida when, when the u.s decides well homestead was a nice air force base but we we don't we don't we we're not going to rebuild it. I think that's why they decided. I'm not really sure about that, but uh, it, it really made a mess out of, of South Florida and so on. But that that's a kind of a marker that re, it reminds me uh, uh, of uh, the hurricanes. And uh, that uh, uh, I think it was uh, in. Let's see, we've got about 30 seconds. That's why I'm sort of staggering a little bit here and vamping the, before we need to, to take the news. But uh, the. I think it was uh, the year that Fran came that Hurricane Bertha arrived in late July, you know, just about the time we've got now. And uh, and then it was the, the month of August was used to sort of warm up. But I think you pointed out that usually the, the high point of, uh, for a hurricane occurrence is about September 9th or 10th or somewhere like that. That's right. I'm talking. I'm Tom Kearney, and I'm hogging the mic here. I'm talking to Nick Petro, our meteorologist, because we're signaling right now that we're moving up on the news on the half hour. We'll find out what's going on in the world, and then we'll be back to talk some more about the weather. 34 on WPTF. This is the point where we usually do a little promoing. Tomorrow night is going to be a nostalgia night, and it's the night when we have open phones and when we look back and the topic tomorrow night, uh, sometimes we don't even tell you the topic. We sneak up on you. But we're going to be talking a little bit about the, the history of this program on WPTF. Uh, I'm going to wax nostalgic about some of uh, 
my favorite guests and uh, tipped the hat to some favorite callers. Not favorite, but people who could who called a lot and were a part of our radio family. That's tomorrow night here on uh, WPTF, and then Friday night we'll have our usual Friday night, a trivia show. So we hope you will join us then. Tonight, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, and he was telling us early, Nick was, that he usually, he in the days of COVID, he has done his program from home most of the time, as I have done mine. And uh, but tonight he's he's on duty, so he's actually at the National Weather Service. So the number we called was a totally different number. But anyway, he's uh, on duty and got all those screens right in front of him. He ought to be able to discover just about anything about the weather. Uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick, are you still there? I sure am. Uh, we we I think uh, we want to make sure we've dealt with uh, uh, the hurricanes, and and you got to say what you wanted to say about it, and. I mentioned to you earlier because I was looking at the your web page today, the, or at least the place where I go to find out what the you know, the full forecast is going to be. That one of the things highlighted at the top uh, was uh, the the points, uh, tips about uh, dealing with summertime weather and so on. And I didn't know if you wanted to take a run by those. You always have a, a good resume of things to look out for in the spring and in the winter. And I, I'm, I'm I'm guessing some of this will have to do with humidity and and not being out in the sun and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, when we think about all of the hazards that occur this time of year, you know, I could probably list off, you know, five in 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 a, in a matter of seconds. You know, you think about heat, you know, lightning, lightning, flash flooding. You know, these, these are. Um, you know, wildfires. There could be fires, and in, 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 even in the summertime, and, and uh, rip currents at the beach. There, boom! There's five of them right there. And and uh, obviously, we could go on hurricanes. You know, uh, obviously later in the season, and those can bring all a whole suite of other um, uh, hazards. Uh, so so you know, this, this could be you know potentially even in good weather uh, times um, could could be could be potentially uh, dangerous. And the first thing that comes to mind is heat. You know, we 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 have had uh, so far. You know, it hasn't been too terribly hot. We haven't had too 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 many uh, real extreme heat episodes so far this summer. But you know, it doesn't take an extreme heat episode to cause heat illness. You know, even even when you have uh, high humidity and temperatures in the low 90s, you know, heat illnesses can can creep up on people. So. You know, folks need to really some of the, the the best things for people to remember is to just plan to take it take it easy and drink lots of water during the heat of the afternoon. You know, take frequent breaks when you're outside doing outdoor work. And, and one of the things that I can't emphasize enough is to always, always, always check the back seat. Um, you know, if you're driving, you know, especially for for parents, you know. Um, I, you know, it seems almost unimaginable that, uh, that, 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 you know, people could forget that they have, you know, uh, children in the back seat, or, or maybe, you know, maybe, you know, elderly parents or, or loved ones or, or, or pets even. But <clears throat> there have been a couple episodes this, this summer already where, you know, um, in, in some nearby states, where there have been episodes of children left in the back seat uh, in a hot vehicle, and unfortunately, um, you know, fatalities have occurred uh, that way. So, 
you know, again, you, you think, oh, that, that can never happen. I mean, I'll, you know, I mean, how could anybody forget that they have a pet left in the back seat of their car when they're getting out in the heat of the day or, 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 or an older loved one or, or even a child? But, you know, it happens. It happens. And, and, and in this busy world we live in, you know, sometimes people are rushing around, not thinking about it. You know, maybe, hey, I'll just run into the bank real quick and I'll be out in two seconds. Or I'll just run into the post office and drop off my package and I'll be right back. You know, it doesn't matter how quickly you're going to be in that business and back again. Folks need to remember never, ever leave a pet, a person uh, in the back seat of the car or even the front seat of the car, you know, um, you know, in the heat of the afternoon. It's amazing how quickly the temperature can rise uh, to, to fatal temperatures. Uh, in, in the heat of the afternoon. And that's one thing I can't emphasize enough is always check your car, make sure, you know, you know everybody's out of it. The pets never leave people, never leave children, pets, or anybody uh, in your car, um, you know, uh, when you leave the car. Um, and, and you just, you, 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 those, are, those are things that should never happen, but they still do. So uh, that's one thing I wanted to, emphasize about uh, this time of year and the heat. Um, but, you know, there's other hazards as well. I, at the beginning of the show, we talked about uh, what we experienced uh, just a few hours ago in, in, in parts of the listing area and even further west than the triad. You know, we had uh, very prolific lightning um, just to our west. And, and um, you know, they, believe it or not, believe it or not, this was, I, I, I think I could share this story um, but because uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have the exact details, and that's the only reason I hesitate. But uh, believe it or not, just a few hours ago, uh, there were boaters on um, on on one of the the lakes in northern Randolph County who needed call for rescue because they couldn't get back to the shore uh, fast enough, uh, and they underestimated the timing of the arrival of the storm, and they were caught out in the lake, and the heavy downpours were filling up their boat. There was lightning all around them, and uh, they had no choice but to call 911 and ask for a rescue. And uh, fortunately, the, the first responders were able to go out and, 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 and you know perform that rescue and get them to safety. But, you know, folks uh, head out in their boats. You know, don't underestimate the timing of the development of storms. If you're a boater and you're going on the lakes, you know, whether it's Falls Lake, Jordan, or any of the other lakes, you know, in the listening area, and you're a boater, if you see the skies uh, start to darken and the clouds start to get, you know, tall, okay, just, you know, don't waste any time getting back to the dock. You know, you don't want to be caught out on the water with lightning gusts. You know, there's many of the lightning fatalities that have occurred over the years occur, you know, to, to folks who are on boats, you know, get away from the water. That's one of the things in, that we always tell folks, stay away from waters. Stay away from trees. Don't seek shelter under trees during lightning. You, you, you know, uh, that is not a safe place to be uh, during lightning. In fact, there is no place outside that is safe during lightning. You, the only safe place to be during lightning is inside an enclosed building uh, or a car. Uh, you I, seek I shelter from up, lightning during cars. Or in cars. I picked up this stat uh, Sometime recently, that North Carolina, I think now, is something like number four, or at worst, number five in the number of lightning uh, fatalities. And historically, I know it's always, it's always ranked pretty high because of the number of people involved in rural pursuits, that is, farmers, people who are out in the fields and so on, and also the number of people who were out on the golf course. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these outdoor activities, you know, we always hear about roofers, too, you know, construction workers who, you know, are, are, are on a building and wait too too long to seek shelter. The storm catches up on them, and, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's a really neat website, Lightning um, Safety. If you, if you Google National Weather Services Lightning Safety or use any of your favorite search engines, uh, you can read about everything, all the reasons that have uh, that have resulted, <clears throat> excuse me, in in, um, in, in lightning fatalities. Uh, we actually track um, all of the, uh, you know, anytime we hear about lightning fatalities, we track and, and database that so that we can, um, so that we can, uh, you know, basically use that information to help educate people. If you just go to weather.gov/safety. Uh, there's a lightning link there for lightning safety, and uh, and you can read all about the um, you know survivor stories, uh, victims of of uh, you know of, of lightning, how people are struck by lightning, uh, and then lightning fatalities, uh, a database that we have going all the way back to the 1940s, and uh, and you could see a, a list of of uh, the causes of lightning fatalities, what it is exactly that that people were doing. When they were uh, killed by lightning, and, and most of it, you would you'd be surprised at how many people uh, get struck and killed by lightning because they're under a tree. And you wonder, well, why would they seek shelter under a tree during lightning? Well, maybe maybe it's because they're trying to stay dry. Well, let me tell you, that's the last place you want to go to stay dry when it's raining outside and thunder. Because guess what? Those tall trees can attract the lightning. And if you're standing next to that tree that gets struck by lightning, chances are that lightning's going to jump over to you. And you could be killed. So never go under a tree to stay dry. You have to get inside, inside an enclosed building or in a car. Well, a little little electrical instruction is that electricity in the in the clouds and so on that it's going to send that lightning bolt down. Of course, you're a radio guy too, uh, uh, Nick. Uh, it's looking for a way to the ground, and the the quickest route is to the highest thing out there, whether it's the Empire State Building or some radio tower or a tree. And it, once it finds that, that's what that is. That's what it's going to strike and, and go to ground. Uh, so, uh, and you don't have to be in a rainstorm to get struck by lightning either. It can be very quiet. In fact, I was thinking about taking a shower the other day, which I don't like to do when it's lightning, and it was perfectly normal. And I said, "Well, Mrs. Kearney, I think I'll go in there and take a shower." And about that time, I heard light uh, thunder and of course that meant lightning and i decided i would put that off for a little while well you know what tom i'm glad you mentioned that because those types of lightning strikes can be some of the most dangerous if it's not raining and there's a lightning strike nearby that means it came from the top of the storm the anvil of the storm and those are some of the most powerful lightning strikes that there are because they have such a long distance to travel from the top of the storm all the way to the ground versus the bottom. Most lightning strikes come from the bottom of the storm, and, and they just have a short distance to go, maybe a couple thousand feet between the cloud and the ground. But the anvil lightning strikes, they have tens, tens of thousands of feet that they have to travel before they strike the ground. So that means that it takes an enormous amount of current to, to be able to make a jump from that far, uh, those are the most powerful of all lightning strikes, and those are the ones that usually kill people because they occur before it rains and after it rains. So, you know, when the anvil spreads out from a, the top of the thunderstorm, you know, a, a thunderstorm, once the rain's over, that doesn't mean it's the end of the hazard. 
lightning can strike back and reach back to where it had been from. That's why we always tell people, you know, wait at least 30 minutes before you go back outside and resume your outdoor activities after the storm is over. Because as the storm is moving away, the lightning can reach back to places it had come from and, and still cause uh, a lot of uh, damage and, and even injury or fatality. And it's those really, um, those really powerful anvil strikes that are the ones that are reaching back after the rain has ended. And remember, one last thing about lightning that I wanted to share is there's no such thing as heat lightning. Uh, if there is lightning and thunder, there's a thunderstorm. It originates from a thunderstorm. You know, oftentimes people say, well, hey, I'm looking up. The sky's clear. I see lightning or hear thunder. It must be heat lightning. No, 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 no. It's actually from a thunderstorm. You just can't see it. That storm is either blocked by a building or terrain or trees. But uh, rest assured, if you, uh, if you hear thunder or see lightning, it's attached to a thunderstorm. Nick Petro of the National Weather Service on the Tom Kearney Show on this Wednesday night. We're going to take a break and come back and wrap the show up with a little more talk about the weather. About three, about three and a half, four minutes left, uh, Nick Petro. And this is the point where I usually say to my guests, is there anything in the show tonight where you've been our guest that you would like to talk about that we haven't given you room to talk about? And so I'm going to present that to you as a question, and it can be your time. If you want a suggestion, but you don't have to take it, is we could talk about the, uh, the uh, what am I trying to say, the drought uh, and possibilities. Some of that may have been partly resolved, but... It's up to you now. We have about, as I say, about three, three and a half minutes left. Okay, Tom. Well, thanks so much. Uh, well, actually, we could probably cover both of those. Uh, in fact, the drought, um, it, which, you know, as of the latest drought monitor, uh, pretty much the central and western portions of the state, mainly the Piedmont regions, uh, the central and western Piedmonts are, uh, regions are, are um, what's considered abnormally dry. So, uh, which means, you know, um, if it were to continue to stay dry, we would be headed into more of a moderate drought. But uh, being in the abnormally dry state, if we continue to get the rain, these sort of daily afternoon and evening showers and thunderstorms, well, then that moves us away from uh, drought conditions. But, you know, we've we've had, obviously, Elsa uh, last week, which brought us some much-needed uh, rain relief. And, and now we're in a pattern where we have just your normal afternoon and evening showers and thunderstorms. You know, for example... Uh, just this evening, we had, you know, over three inches of rain in parts of the triad region. So that will obviously help to put a dent in some of the drought in that part of the state. But that takes me to, to another thing. You know, with, um, with any time you have episodes where you get a lot of rain uh, at one time, uh, that could lead to flash flooding. And, and this kind of goes along with what we talked about in the last segment, the summertime hazard. And, and, and certainly the last one I wanted to share uh, was uh, the flash flooding and flooding potential, even river flooding after hurricanes. And, and, and one of the, 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 the number one cause of deaths during flooding is people driving into flooded areas. And if there's one thing I could leave with, with folks uh, in terms of a, you know, a safety tip or safety advice is that you know, whether it's a hurricane and there's river flooding or widespread flooding, or, or even if it's just a more localized flooding event like we had this evening. You know, the best thing I could tell people is to never drive through areas where water covers the road. Even if it looks like it's passable, you know, you know, a lot of times people think, yeah, I could get across that low spot where there's water collected. You just never know the condition of the road underneath. The, the road underneath could be washed away. You never know. So we always tell people, turn around, 
don't drown. Never underestimate the power of floodwaters. Um, you know, so, so, you know, that's the one thing if I could encourage folks to do, um, you know, is to never drive through flooded areas. Don't drive around barricades, you know, um, after hurricanes that are barricades blocking flooded roads. You know, just, just don't don't drive through areas in, in the flooding. Seek higher ground. Seek another route. So, Tom, that's that's the one thing I wanted to share with uh, folks here before we wrap it up tonight. Well, that will be our mantra. We, we will recognize this sense of that. Nick, thank you very much. I always enjoy talking with you, and I always wish that we had two or three hours that we could just shoot the bull about the weather. But thank you for being on with us tonight. I will, as I told you, talk to you off the air in here in a couple of minutes. But uh, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you somewhere down the road, okay? Thank you so much, Tom.